look back on 2017, and this is, this is the last, not only the last day of the old year, <clears throat> but it's also the last Sunday of the old year. And I'm sure that if you're like me, you look back on 2017, know there's a few things you did that you'd rather you hadn't done. Got a few failures under our belt. And for that, we praise God for the blood of Christ. We put our faith in His grace and in His sacrifice and atonement for our past sins. Then we look to 2018, starting tomorrow, and uh, we look to God's faithfulness in 2018. God has been faithful over the past many years, some of us older than others, but God's been faithful, and so we count that this God whose mercies are new every morning will be new in the morning and great is his faithfulness to us. So glad you're here today to conclude the year. What a great way to conclude a year than to do it in worship and hearing his word. But I love that song that Kevin closed with today. Uh, because of he lives, we can face tomorrow. And Christians have this uh, optimism and future mindset. I want to speak to you today on how to prosper in the new year. Um, we can avoid where uh, prosperity is one of those things that's like uh, driving in the road. There are ditches on both sides. You can go too far to the right, one side, and you, you've got everybody, every Christian should be rich. Every Christian should drive a Cadillac and live in a mansion. And then on the other hand, you can say, well, no Christian should ever have money, uh, but he should all be, we should all be poor, and uh, everybody should drive a rust bucket and uh, with a sticker on it that says, I'm a child of the king. <laughs> um, <clears throat> But what, uh, how do we face the coming new year and prosper? Now, some people uh, don't believe that Christians should prosper at all. We shouldn't even be talking about this. But, but Psalm 35, 27 says, Great is the Lord who delights in the prosperity of His servant. I mean, if we, when we think about our children, we want them to do good. We want them to make good grades, graduate, do well in the school play, get a good job, get married, move out. <laughs> I mean, we want our children to prosper, develop, and grow. But we also know that prosperity can't be the goal in itself. Uh, Proverbs does not 
uh, encourage riches as a goal in life. In fact, Proverbs 23 verse 4 says, Labor not to be rich. That's, that's not the goal of labor. Uh, Solomon was, the, according to the Bible, the richest man in the earth, 2 Chronicles 9.22. But when he got away from God and had multiple marriages, had trouble with his children who rebelled, he ultimately wrote Ecclesiastes 2.17 how I hated life. I'm like, wow. I've always thought that was an amazing statement. A man who had everything hated life. So prosperity can't be the goal. We want to look, though, at what David gave to Solomon in Proverbs as the uh, wise way of prosperity, the God's way of prosperity. Let's start with Proverbs 8. Proverbs 8, verse 18. I've got one verse on the screen, but I want to read through verse 21 if you're following along. Proverbs 8, 18 to 21. Riches and honor are with me. Enduring wealth and righteousness, my fruit is better than gold, fine gold, and my yield is better than choice silver. I walk in the way of righteousness, paths of justice. I grant an inheritance to those who love me, and I fill their treasury. Or treasuries. I feel them. So here, God's wisdom and God's way will lead us to prosperity. Now we know there's exceptions, there's testings, like with Job, when God tested him and sent him through a time of trial. But at the end, he restored it back to him. So God does want to prosper us and bless us. So using Proverbs... What are principles of prosperity for the new year? Here's the first one. We find it in Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22. It's seek the blessing of God. Proverbs 10, 22. The blessing of the Lord makes rich and doesn't add sorrow to it. That's what we want. We want God's blessing that increases us and prospers us, but isn't mixed up with a lot of drama and sorrow. A pastor told of a young man who came to him and he said, uh, he said, Pastor, I hear you talking about how God's blessing increases us, prospers us. He said, but honestly, I get up early. I work hard. I went to school and I developed a skill. I'm a, he he's worked with computers. And he said, and I do this all day long, every day, and I don't even take vacation times. And when I get raises, it's like 
I mean, I know, Pastor, that you say it's God's blessing, but honestly, it seems like it's me working hard. And the pastor said, well, we can have an experiment. I can pray for you right now and ask God to take his hand off of your life for one month. Let's see how you do without God's help and blessing. We'll ask God to take away the strength he gives you every day, the the guidance, the wisdom he gives you every day, the inspiration and thoughts that he gives you every day. Uh, We'll just ask him to take his hand off you for this whole month. And as he thought about it, he said, Oh, no, 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 I don't want to do that experiment. <laughs> because he knew, as, as Deuteronomy 8, 18 says, You're to remember the Lord your God, for he gives you the ability to get wealth. Amen? He gives you that ability, puts breath in your body. He, puts, he gives opportunity and open doors to get the job. He gives you integrity and uprightness so that there's credibility. He works with you, in you, through you, so that whatever prosperity comes, He is the God who gave it to you. Whatever means and methods and channels that He channeled it through. So first is seek the blessing of God. Proverbs 10, 22. Second is... Uh, we say humility or listening to instruction and correction. Proverbs thirteen eighteen. Poverty and disgrace comes to him who ignores instruction, and whoever heeds reproof is honored. Poverty comes to him. the The whole idea of listening to people. Listening to co-workers, listening to authority figures, listening to, to the Holy Scripture, listening to parents. Poverty is in the future of those who think they know it all and do not listen. Here's number three. Viewing work as a good thing. Proverbs twelve eleven. Whoever works his land will have plenty of bread. And he who follows worthless pursuits lacks sense. Work is not a four letter say work's not a four-letter word, but yeah, I guess it is. <laughs> but work is a good thing in the Bible. God gave Adam a work to do even before the fall. Part of the purpose of man is carried out as he works. Whoever works his land will have plenty of bread. Proverbs chapter 6 verse 6 puts it like this. Go to the ant, O sluggard, and consider her ways and be wise. And here's what you're to think about when you look at the ant. She has no chief, no officer, no ruler, but she prepares her bread in summer and gathers the food in harvest. She doesn't have an overseer. The boss doesn't have to stand over the ant and constantly tell it what to do and how to do it and to do it better. 
But the ant is anticipating problems. It's got foresight and it works toward those issues. Work that doesn't have to have a boss looking over its shoulder. And, and also, with work, don't just go for the big paycheck. Don't think that minimum wage is beneath us. Uh, the Bible actually teaches, and here's, the, here's Proverbs 13, 11. Listen at this verse. I don't know if we have this on the screen or not, but listen to this verse. Wealth that is gained hastily dwindles. But whoever gathers little by little increases. See, uh, wealth that is gained hastily. Watch out for the get-rich-quick schemes, the lottery, trying to get all the money at one time, in big inheritance, waiting on the, your ship to come in. Forget all that. Get a job. <laughs> here's, a, here's a great thought from God. Find a job. And then take what's available. He that gathers little by little, start little, and increase it as time goes on. That is a principle of, of work in the Scripture. Number four is developing a skill. Proverbs 22, verse 29. Do you see a man who is skilled in his work? He will stand before kings. Even kings need a mechanic sometimes, need a plumber sometimes, need an electrician sometimes. Develop a skill. I am just so amazed at some of our guys and the, the, the skills that they have. And I, <clears throat> I admire it. I kind of envy it sometimes. I, uh, Jan's car wouldn't crank one morning this week, you know, because bad weather's real cold. It's a manual shift. It's a stick shift, manual transmission. And, uh, and I, would, I spent an hour and a half working with that thing, pulled my car up next to it, got the jumper cables, had it, had it all hooked up, I saw the spark, I'm ready to go. After an hour and a half, I said, well, I had to call a tow truck. And then I realized on a manual transmission, to start it, you have to push in the clutch. <laughs> I thought, that's so... Why didn't I know that? I just, I have no mechanical skills. And I so admire people who do. And I say, God bless you, and let me just encourage all of you, develop an expertise in some area. And, um, and make sure if you're going to crank a stick shift, push in the clutch. That's what I'm saying. So building a house, driving a truck, bake a cake, program a computer, build a car. What great skills are enveloped, and this is worthy of our honor and admiration. A fifth principle for prospering in the new year is avoid co-signing. 
putting your wealth on the line for someone else. Proverbs 6, verse 1, envisions this young man who's put up security for a neighbor. He says, you've given a pledge for a stranger. You're snared in the words of your mouth. He says, do this, my son, and save yourself. (laughs) For you have come into the hand of your neighbor. Go and plead urgently to get out of it. Don't put your material wealth in the hands and at the dispersal of someone else's willingness to be responsible. Co-signing. Now, I know that there could be exceptions of this. You're helping your child buy a car or maybe helping a parent. Uh, but here's the thing you need to know. Uh, when, if you do co-sign, no matter for who it is, you need to be willing to lose your money. Because you may do it. You also are jeopardizing that relationship. It may not ever be the same. Here's a sixth principle of prosperity in the coming new year. And that is getting out of debt. Avoiding further debt and getting out of more debt. Proverbs 22 verse 7. The rich rule over the poor and the borrower is a servant to the lender. I I feel for a lot of our younger people, if you when you look at the numbers, the average household in America has in credit card debt $16,800. The average household debt for an automobile is $29,000. The average student loan debt is $50,000. And the average mortgage is $182,000. That's average in the United States. That is a lot of debt. And that's a lot of interest. And that keeps a lot of Christians from helping their church expand the kingdom of God. Debt. The the borrower is a servant to the lender. So making it a point. um, I think Dave Ramsey has some great uh, tapes or CDs on this. And you... uh, uh, we have a Dave Ramsey in our church. This is a different Dave Ramsey. Uh, <laughs> although I'm sure our Dave Ramsey is very good with the other Dave Ramsey. But anyway, um, and those can, we can make those available to you if you would like. A seventh principle of prosperity. Have some kind of savings. Don't go week to week without some savings. Because things break down, emergencies arise, health issues come up, weather, cars, there's always something. So have some kind of savings. Proverbs 21.20 says, There's treasure to be desired in the dwelling of the wise, but a foolish man will spend it all up. Here here it is in the Living Bible, Proverbs 21.20, the Living Bible. The wise man saves for the future. But the foolish man spends everything he gets. 
So you may not be able to put $1,000 in an emergency fund. Put 10. Next week, put another 10. And let that build up so that you have something to fall back on. Because one of the things you'll find in Proverbs, when you read through Proverbs, Proverbs is about God's wisdom. And wisdom, rather than trying to solve problems that have shocked you, surprised you, wisdom is avoiding them. It's the foresight and prudence you need to avoid them. And a savings uh, account is one that will help you. And then finally, uh, number eight is Proverbs nineteen seventeen. Make sure you have a section, a, par- a portion to give to the poor. Proverbs nineteen seventeen. Whoever is generous to the poor lends to the Lord, and he, the Lord, will repay him. He lends to the Lord. It struck me uh, last year when I was reading through Proverbs and I was jot, just jotting down these verses on stewardship and finances that if you're, you give to the poor, it's lending to the Lord. Think about that. You're not giving to the Lord. You're lending. In other words, you, and when you're generous to the poor, you... Become God's banker. (laughs) You will collect interest on His payments to you. What an amazing verse. Whoever's generous to the poor lends, okay, God, I'm going to loan you this. And God says, okay, I'm going to pay it back with interest. And it'll be on time. And God's a good debtor. He always pays back more than you give. And he makes it on time and he makes, he makes you happy in the end. Somebody asked me uh, some months ago, they were talking about how much they give to the church and, and they said, and it was sincere, they said, am I giving too much? And I had to think about that because they were giving a good. And, and, uh, but here's the answer. I don't know, how much interest do you want? How much do you want to invest? Banks are supposed to loan. (laughs) Uh, Let me just give you this. I'm getting out of Proverbs here, but I am smitten by this passage. And I know that some of you would say, hey, uh, I'm the poor. Be generous to me. I'm the poor. There are somebody you'll find that's poorer than you are. Find one. And we have them in our church, too, by the way. There are, we have poor aplenty in the two congregations. But I want to I read this to you. We have this, don't we? On this, uh, Psalm 41. Do we have Psalm 41? Anyway, let me read this to you. Blessed is the one who considers the poor. And then he names seven benefits that come to the person who considers the poor. It's amazing. Here they are. In the day of trouble, the Lord delivers him. The Lord protects him. 
The Lord keeps him alive. He is called blessed in the land. He is not given up to the will of his enemies. The Lord will sustain him when he's sick and in his illness restore him to full health again. Seven benefits. To who? Blessed is the one who considers the poor. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Yeah, that's, that's just incredible. So these are some principles as we look back. And I give these to you not because this is all of them. But hopefully it will stimulate your thinking on Proverbs. And you just go through Proverbs, 31 chapters in Proverbs. You can do so, you take them, do them in one month. And a chapter a day, write down principles of prosperity in the verse that goes with it. And I believe God will give you a happy and prosperous new year. Now I have one other thought. And that is Proverbs 11.4. Keeping it in perspective, Proverbs 11.4, Riches do not profit in the day of wrath, but righteousness will deliver from death. Riches do not profit in the day of wrath. It will not help you one penny's worth if you have $1,000 in your pocket when you go and stand before God. He's not going to count your money or check your checking account. It will not profit you. It'll profit you when you go to buy a car. It'll profit you when you retire. It'll profit you, profit you in various ways. But it won't profit when you stand before God at the judgment. Therefore, you need to make sure that you have Christ as your Lord and your Savior. And your faith is in Him. And you have embraced the gospel with all your heart. That it is not by works that we are righteous, but it is in Christ as a gift of God. Because riches, they can do good on earth, but in the day of judgment, they will not profit you at all. Trusting in Christ. So as we look back on this year, we're thankful for the Savior who forgives our sins and grants us mercy. And as we look to 2018, we're optimistic because the blessing of God and what He can do for us and how He can help us. Now, I'm assuming we still have the offering uh, to go. And so, Nick, if, if you guys would come and let's receive our regular Sunday morning offering. We're praying this, we've been praying this week that God would give us sufficient income during the month of December. We have a lot of expenses in December, especially with the utilities and how cold it is. But, um, but we're praying God would give us sufficient income to have money left to give to our foreign missions offering. And I believe we will. I, I'm asking you to help us do, do a little more today. And let's, let's, let's send some money to... It's called the Lottie Moon Christmas Offering because Lottie Moon was a missionary in China.
um, uh, many years ago. And everything we send to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering goes directly to the mission field to preach the gospel there. So if you can, help us today. And let's ask God's blessing today upon this, this offering. Heavenly Father, thank you for your wisdom. Uh, give us grace to follow you this, this very difficult area of money. Give us patience as we work through the knots and difficulties of, of faithfulness in this. And we thank you for what you have given us. May you be glorified with it. And, and I pray that you would bless this offering and that we would disperse it properly. May the name of Jesus be praised and the gospel be preached by it. In his name we ask it. Amen. Amen. Let's sing this together, the doxology. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures. Praise God from whom. 